1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: one FM Talk
0: Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma
3: Tree Experts.
4: Every single day, reality calls,
5: and the Biden administration just hangs up. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations
0: say. Mark Reardon.
6: Can you provide a definition for the word woman? All I ask is
1: that you're a woman. Can I provide a definition? Mm No. Yeah, I can't.
0: The Mark Reardon Show is on now.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. I think this weather, as I go on the record today, sucks by the way, compared to what we have had um, because it's chilly out there, right? Yeah, I don't care for it. No, me neither. Uh -uh. It wasn't bike ride day today. And uh, we'll just start with that. But uh, at least we're not in Washington, where things are really crazy right now. It's day two of all the chaos, and I'm going to try to put things into perspective as we get rolling. We're going to always kind of get a little excited, Sue, when I say this, because I don't do it very often. We're going to go rogue here this afternoon. Abby's very excited. We're going to the phones. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to take some calls here in just a moment. So get ready for that. The phone lines are locked up, but the number, ladies and gentlemen, 314-241-9797, and I have some specific questions to ask. Before we get to Kevin McCarthy and all that, let's just kind of roll out the afternoon. We do have, you know, it's a Wednesday already. That means we have Hayes and Alex Rich here. They're usually with us on Wednesday afternoon, and uh, they will be here. Did you hear, here's here's a test for you. I, I feel like there's a lot of stories right now that are not getting as much attention as maybe they deserve for a variety of reasons. We're coming out of the holiday also because of the NFL story, which is dominating the news. And we don't have a whole lot of uh, news there, although he did have some positive vital signs. Overnight, I heard it was positive. The family released something that said we're on the right path, right? Yes. So that's positive. Uh, right, but what was I going to say before that? So, you I know, don't this is happening know. a lot more often. My brain is just going haywire. <laughs> but let me just kind of run down what we're going to do okay. today. I was going to make a brilliant point there, I think, and it's gone. It's just pretty much lost. Sometimes I try to fake it and act like I still knew what I was going to yeah. talk about. I can't do Been that there. right now. No. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have um, a lot of stuff this afternoon, including Scott Jennings in the five o'clock hour, kind of breaking everything down from Capitol Hill. Mary Elizabeth Coleman is now a state senator, and the legislature is getting going. We have Alex and Hayes in the next hour. Dave Murray's going to join us because they have this big California bomb cyclone, which is going to dump inches and inches of rain on Northern California to the point where- Most people don't know what to do with rain. Well, they'll no longer be in a drought, but then they're in a flood situation. Oh, it's, pretty, man. it's pretty dramatic. I mean, inches and inches wow. of rain. So I wanted to see what Dave's thoughts- on those would be but here here's where we are right now in in washington we do not have a speaker it's day two of chaos i think they're on the uh well i'm losing track here are they on the fourth or the fifth ballot so as they go through this i'll just kind of tell you where we are right now let's kind of bring you live uh, you're not not the guy so far that okay well fox is actually they're so bored by it they have pundits on right now because they're not reading the votes um he's oh this is the sixth ballot see see how i've lost count we are on the sixth ballot for Kevin McCarthy right now. And he keeps failing. There's 20 votes already on the sixth ballot against him. He is not going to be speaker. So the question, well, wait, let me. he's not going to be speaker on this vote. Let me, let me just say right. that doesn't mean he's not going to be speaker. But let's run through what has happened. They've had several other votes today. You know, I said this to somebody earlier, Sue, because when things are happening, whether it's in local government, it's in state government, it's in Washington, D.C., I have a fair amount of people that I can tap into and say, hey, what's really going on here? Sure, right. Give sure. me give me off the record what's going on. I do that all the time. I've done that this week, even with members or former members of Congress. Nobody knows. Nobody has an idea of how this is gonna actually manifest itself into an actual speaker of the House. Now, well, there's there's a part of me that doesn't really care about that from this standpoint. I think that this is what the founders maybe envisioned uh, a few hundred years ago, where every once in a while you can have chaos. This is how democracy works. So I think there's a bit of an overreaction on both sides, certainly on the part of the Democrats. They love this, right? Of course. They, they love that this sure. is happening. But even on the part of Republicans, because realistically, how many people are paying attention to what's going on in Washington? Normal people, people who have jobs and Took their Children.
3: dog to the groomers today. Probably exactly. not
7: many. Not many. Mm-hmm. So, in the whole scheme of things, what does this mean? But it is an important uh, debate, and I want to bring you up to speed on where we are. There's a member from Indiana, Republican Congresswoman named Victoria Sparks. I think she might be a newbie, and these newbies aren't even sworn in, by the way, which is kind of interesting at this point because they're not even officially members of Congress. I don't okay. Think, before they before they can get rolling here with the speaker, so she was voting. My understanding here is that she had voted for Kevin McCarthy on a couple of ballots, and then she switched gears and she voted not for, there's been a couple of other Jim Jordan alternative candidates, Um, Byron Donalds, who's African American. That's an interesting choice, and I'll get to that in a second. But here's what Victoria Sparks with an accent said. I'm not sure where she's from.
6: Well, I think it's important for us as Republicans to address concern and come to an agreement and not waste everyone's time. We need to have further deliberation to make sure that we can elect a speaker. And Kevin still need to have a discussion with the members that have concerns if he wants to be a speaker. So we need to go back to the conference room and have this discussion, not wasting time on the floor, because no one is going to budge. It's not going to change. And I think we have a constitutional duty to elect the speaker, speaker but it's a deliberative process. This body needs needs to learn to deliberate and come to an agreement.
7: Let me try to translate for Victoria Sparks. I think she's onto something here. She's saying yes. Kevin McCarthy and the rest of the Republicans this is Ridiculously stupid. You right. keep submitting the same names over and over with the same exact result. In fact, McCarthy's losing votes. He's not gaining votes. She's well, an example of that.
3: Correct. And wasn't there a whole story about uh, the whole reason he's failing is they tried to negotiate behind the scenes beforehand and he refused to budge on several issues and
7: therefore the people will not. Well, well that that's. Is uh, that that's true? Not, no, or not. It depends on who you believe. I mean, I, exactly. I so, what, what the people on McCarthy's side say is that. He negotiated certain things with the Freedom Caucus and they kept moving the goalposts. So they they wanted more. But you have a situation where all the people voting for Kevin McCarthy outside of that member from Indiana who, who voted present to make a point to say, look, here's what she's asking for. Let's stop this nonsense. Let's go back right. to the conference and let's see what we and let's hash it out. Yes. This is what we do. This the is how it's supposed to work.
3: Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over Thank again you. and exactly. getting the same result. But there is
7: no consensus candidate on the other side as well. And I mentioned Byron Donalds because this is kind of interesting. Chip Roy nominated him today. And this is what happened throughout the day yesterday. Jim Jordan was nominated even though he didn't want the, the gig.
2: Do you think that the American people support the status quo? Yes, yes. or no? Do you think that the American people want us to continue down the road of what we've been doing? Do they want us to continue to do the things since the leadership that's currently in place have been in place, do you think they want us to continue down that path? And the argument that I would make is that they want a new face, new vision, new leadership, And I believe that face, vision, and new leadership is Byron Donald's, and I'm proud to put his name into nomination, and I yield back.
7: Uh I kind of like Chip Roy. He's from Texas, and I I, I do think that if you would – and we're going to take calls. This is part of the question that I have here this afternoon. If you just talk to Republican voters, people who went out in the midterms, people who really think that things in this country need to turn around, I think they'd say, yeah, maybe new leadership is fine. I'm all for getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. I want to go on the record as saying that. There's just no path to put someone else in there. Who else are you going to get? Okay, Matt Gates? No, no, thank you. So, uh, and, and you know, the other thing I would say, let me, let me play this. This is a guy from Scott Perry from Pennsylvania who said this. Now, he's, he's one of the votes against McCarthy. Now, this is, not about,
0: this is not about personalities. It's not about personalities.
7: Of course it is. It's all about personalities.
0: Yeah. It's about the policies that come out of here. This is not about personalities on this side of the aisle or that side of the aisle. We believe, and we want to believe
7: A lot of shouting. We
0: believe. And we want to believe that every person that comes here, left, right, center, has the best intentions for our country, the best intentions for our country. And it's not about the personalities in this contest. It is not personal for us.
7: See, I I disagree with that. I think what's on display here is it it is very personal. And, And let's just use this example. I said this yesterday. Let's say Steve Scalise is the consensus candidate, alternative candidate. Steve Scalise will not shepherd legislation any differently or prioritize anything any differently than Kevin McCarthy. And he'd probably do it with less political skill, which is why he's in the position that he's in and McCarthy, he's in the position that he's in. Now, if you want Byron Donalds, I by the way, there's a part of me that thinks that Byron Donalds would be brilliant from this standpoint. He's black. He'd be the first black speaker of the House. The Democrats' heads would explode. True. But there's a problem with that. I don't know anything about the guy. Maybe he would be a good speaker. This is where I have to kind of circle back to the people who think that Trump should have been speaker. Trump doesn't want that job. All right. This is a very important job. And there's a lot of work that's involved. And there's a lot of political skill. And you could say it's swamp skill, whatever you want to call it. There is still talent, political talent that is necessary. And say what you will about Nancy Pelosi. But she has that talent on the other side. OK, and that's why she's been in the position that she's been yeah. in. But Byron Donald, I think, is an interesting choice just because it would get so many people on the other side talking. But Byron Donald accepted the fact that he was nominated. He voted for himself. And here's what he said on Fox. Uh,
0: I think the path is very difficult right now for Kevin. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, what I want to make sure is that we elect the Speaker of the House and we go on and accomplish the business that the American people sent us here to do. We know the issues. We have a porous border. We're massively in debt. Uh, purchasing power." for the American families has been crippled under this administration. All right, so
7: we know all that. And then he was asked at the end, can Kevin McCarthy, look, your name was just put into nomination. Or you voted for yourself, which is something Jim Jordan didn't do yesterday. Can McCarthy still win this?
2: Uh, I think it's possible, but
0: there's a lot of work that needs to be done right now.
7: And for yourself?
0: Um, less likely, but you know what? It's D.C. You never know what happens up here.
7: <laughs> I thought that was a good answer. A very good point. So many weird comments that have come out of this. And here's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, I disagree with her on some of this, but here's what she said, because she's ripping some of the other people who are holding this up right Let now.
6: Let me remind every everyone this. Matt Gates, who has compared Kevin McCarthy to Paul Ryan, my friend Matt Gates, he supported Paul Ryan almost more than anyone. It's still on his social media. As a matter of fact, his first vote in Congress was for Paul Ryan as Speaker. And then he cheered him on for nearly a year and a half or more when people like me were at home Furious at Paul Ryan's speakership because it wasn't passing the MAGA agenda.
7: Now, I can flip that around on Marjorie Taylor Greene, OK, because she supports Kevin McCarthy. Look, th- this whole demonization of Paul Ryan has always been ridiculous to me. I'm a little biased. I've known Paul yes, for almost have. 30 years and we're friends. But he is a staunch conservative for someone like Kevin McCarthy or Paul Ryan or some of these others to be called a rhino in this day and age when they fought for conservative principles. Now, were some of the priorities out of whack? I'd have to go back and check the list. But you, you can't argue that Paul Ryan was doing something that wasn't trying to uphold conservative values and pass legislation in this country that was on that side, and he did it staunchly. Now, of course, the Marjorie Taylor Greens got involved, and they it wasn't good enough for them. Compromise wasn't good enough, right? So she's turning around. She can flip it around on these other guys. That's fair, right? I can flip it around on her. Wait a second. You're doing the same thing now that they did then with Paul Ryan. So why why does that Pretty make much. you better? So that that's confusing to me. She goes on.
6: That we all supported. Chip Roy, he refused to object on January 6th. That's not what our base wanted. He also set out the vote for the January 6th committee. There's many more. Bob Good, $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. All
7: right, so she makes some good points here. She's saying Chip Roy, and I kind of like Chip Roy, but look, Chip Roy... In, in my mind, maybe he did the right thing when it came to the January 6th situation. I'm going to differ with Marjorie Taylor Greene there. But now he's on the other side of the equation. I think Congressman Roy has actually done a pretty good job of explaining his position on why we may need new leadership.
6: Lauren Bobert, under $2 million from Kevin McCarthy.
7: She, she's pointing out here that these are candidates and Bobert almost wasn't elected. It took weeks to decide whether or not she was going to come back to Congress because the vote was so close. They took a lot of money from Kevin McCarthy to win those elections. Get elected.
6: Many more people have taken Kevin McCarthy's money to get elected. And then there's a few of them that don't want to support him as speaker. So imagine that. This is not anything about the country this is all about never Kevin they just don't like Kevin McCarthy and you cannot be successful in anything if you aren't able to walk in a room make your make what you want and get a deal done and then walk away with the W and get to work and not worry about who you like and who you don't like this is not about prom king this is not about a pastor this is about electing a person to sit in the speaker chair so that we can all get to work
7: okay in the end I agree with her. Yeah, overall, I agree with Marjorie Taylor Greene and what she said. So, here is what I'll do here this afternoon. By the way, the reason I want to circle back to what the uh, the member from Indiana said with her present vote, she's saying let's go back and do this now. I think they're on; they're still on this sixth count right now. McCarthy's going to finish behind Jeffries again. There are twenty votes for other. There is one vote for present. That was the member from Indiana. But here is the deal: they, they can't go into any recess unless Democrats vote because the twenty others are not voting. For McCarthy, they're not going to vote to go into recess right now. They're going to keep fighting on this. So here's Uh. my question for you, 97.1 FM Talk listeners. Does it matter to you who's speaker? Washington is broken. I hear we must find a new path. What is that path? Should Kevin McCarthy hold strong or keep this up? And what do you want Republican priorities to be? All those questions on the table. 314-241-9797. Jump on in here this afternoon.
8: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Oh, I'm going to take
7: some calls here. 314-241-9797. I, I want to play a little bit of Chip Roy because going back to what my comments were in the monologue about most normal people not really caring, I think Chip Roy said something along those lines earlier as well.
2: Do you think anybody in America right now is like, oh my God, there's not a speaker, right? Because what is it? Somebody who lives right now in like Des Moines, Iowa, and they're, they're going to their job, they're going to school. Oh no, 24 hours without a speaker in the house.
7: Yeah, I don't think anybody's saying that, right? They're not saying this, So I don't really think this is a terrible thing uh, for Republicans. I know the Democrats want to make the case. This is a terrible thing for Republicans. Um, I think Hakeem Jeffries is out there. Obviously, he's the nominee on the other side. They're going to they love this. Right. They're going to try to make this last as long as possible. I think I had Hakeem Jeffries, but I got to see if I can find that. So this is the way it is, and they're going to fight it out. I do think that maybe they should take a step back, go behind, closed doors, and see what happened. I don't see a path for McCarthy at this point, because why would the 20 who are holding out flip right now and switch gears? It, it doesn't just, seem to make sense. Well, yeah, I don't know, except they might get worn down and just want it to be over with. Well, okay, so that I think that's part of the strategy, and that's part of my question. Should he hold strong? You can just keep going on this and see what happens, or give in. If you give in, there's— a problem with that, I think, too. Here's Newt Gingrich.
0: These five people need to take a deep breath and ask themselves, are they really want to send a signal that every five people in the conference can screw up everything for whatever reason? Just as you can't give in to terrorists and you
7: can't give in to hostage takers, you can't allow them to take the conference hostage and win. Yeah, so that was one of the negotiating points where if if five members raise an issue with a particular point from the speaker. So that sort of takes control away from the speaker, which I'm sure the speaker wouldn't like. But this whole thing has gotten very complicated. And, uh, We'll see what happens. I can't predict. Going back to what I said at the beginning, too, usually someone has a little behind the scenes, well, this is what's going to happen, right? They're going to vote a few more times, and then they're going to flip from a, you know, they're going to give the people. None of that is happening. No. Nobody knows what's going to happen because it's very unpredictable. Do you get the feeling
3: that uh, it's because some of these people don't want to, you know, they, they say, we don't want the old school people. My constituents don't want old school people in, and he's an old school
7: person. Therefore, we're just not going to do it? Well, I, I think to a certain extent, all of these cases are different. And if you I don't exactly know how all of those holdouts ran their congressional races. But if they're in their district and they're making promises to their constituents about who they would vote for for speaker, or who they wouldn't vote for, they're probably not going to flip that around. But I, the, the part that really annoys me is that I do think that this is personal, because be it one is. thing it would be one thing if you could come up with a good consensus candidate that wanted the job, like a Jim, Jordan. let's say Jim Jordan wanted the job. He doesn't. He wants to be chair of judiciary um, or even Byron Donalds, who's sort of playing the role right now. But I don't think, I don't think we have that. We just have people voting against Kevin McCarthy. They're not voting for other people, I but let's agree. take some phone calls here. 314-241-9797. Paul, get us started this afternoon. Good afternoon. You're on one FM talk.
5: Hi Mark. How you doing? I'm today? good. Thank you for taking my call, sir. Uh, I totally support what's going on in DC uh, I'm not a Republican, but I am very hardcore right. And um, Kevin, uh,
0: <clears throat>
5: the, uh, <clears throat> sorry, a little bit nervous here, um, uh, the individual that's uh, in question as far as who wants to assume uh, Mr. McCarthy wants to assume the, the speaker's role, he always strikes me as, I'm not going to use the word moderate, but a Chamber of Commerce type, you know, get along Republican. And, uh, you know, as far as people's constituencies, you know, uh, a lot of these people uh, that are opposing this are uh, either Freedom uh, Caucus members or House Liberty Caucus members, or they were when the House uh, House Liberty Caucus existed. Uh, And, you know, in my opinion, they're just carrying out the wishes of the people that
7: um, well yeah, to a certain extent, I, yeah, to a certain extent I think they might be. But again, the, the difficulty with that is is you don't have them positioning this as saying, here is our alternative candidate who's more of a bulldog and not as wishy washy and is not gonna, you know, be that wishy washy conservative that Kevin McCarthy is, that's Jim Jordan. Well, Jim Jordan doesn't want the job, so he's not really campaigning for it. So it's not like you have someone they can point to where other members can say, That's our speaker. So that, I think that that's part of—maybe both sides are erring on this whole process, because in the end, I don't know how they get out of this, right?
5: But but aren't we in the midst of that process as far as trying to establish someone else that could take the reins and get a consensus from the majority of people within the I'm not, I'm the
7: not convinced that we are. I understand your point, and I would think in theory we are. But because of the fact that the nominees they're, they're putting up there are just people that are names and not necessarily serious candidates, I question that.
5: I I see where you're coming from. Very quickly, someone who I think would make a wonderful speaker. There has been, and I'm going to appeal to your libertarian side here. There has been no more transparent member of Congress in the last 12 years. Someone that's always put, uh, you know, how he voted and the reason why he voted, and uh, has both taken on the GOP establishment and the Democrat establishment. And that would be Justin Amash. He'd be a wonderful speaker. He's civil. He's he's brilliant. Um, and, and you know, like I said, I think he'd be a uh, Wonderful speaker, someone that would be willing to take on both sides of, of yeah. uh, you know, the swamp, if you will. And I hate that term, but you know, it's just a descriptive term in general that I'm using right now. But I think you see where I'm coming from. I do, I do.
7: And you know, I've always been someone who has advocated because this is what happens in Washington. It's like the um, the Miss America pageant or, or the Miss Missouri pageant. I used to date some pageant girls back in the day, and I learned a little bit about this, Sue. So if you're going to be, this is how it used to be. You're going to be Miss Missouri. You're not going to be Miss Missouri because you're the best candidate, right? You're going to be Miss Missouri because you paid these dues, and then you paid these dues. Oh, is and that right? Oh, I have com- zero oh, yeah. idea how it's that works. It's completely political. Okay. It's not like someone could jump out of the pack and say, hey, look at her from, um, you know- That doesn't from happen. From Boonville. No, it doesn't. It's never happened. It's a process, right? Same thing with this. You got a guy that has, uh, well, in, to a certain extent, this is how the world works. You get experience you build coalitions, you have allies who will vote for you, they support you. Wow. But it's it's different because it's politics and you have people that are in and out of Washington. So I I guess my point on this is I've always been someone who would be open to the idea that that person who is a new member of Congress might damn well be a better speaker than Kevin McCarthy or Paul Ryan or someone else because they have leadership skills. They have the ability to do this. Well, they don't have the experience to whip the members for the votes and all that. Well, Maybe they can learn that. Okay, I don't know, but it always is a beauty contest, in the same way that Miss Missouri or these other pageants are, in the sense that Kevin McCarthy's next up, right? Who's next up after him? Well, Steve Scalise, because he's the whip. See my point? I do. There's no other member down the list where they're co- you know coalescing around saying, "Hey, that per- I, I like." There's this guy from um, Wisconsin today, Mike Gallagher. I don't know him. He was not there when I was up in Wisconsin, but he gave a great speech. Now he was on. Um, the Kevin McCarthy side, but I thought he was impressive. I wish, listen, I wish we had a bigger majority, right? I, I wish we could do everything over the next two years, but the American people gave us an opportunity. They gave us, Republicans, an opportunity to inject some basic common sense into the federal government to pull the emergency brake on a lot of the
2: crazy we've seen in the last few years. They're asking us to do a job,
4: and
7: nobody has laid out a plan a proactive policy agenda for the direction we want to take this country in more detail than Kevin McCarthy. You all had an opportunity. Well, I know he's not wrong about that because one of the criticisms on the other side of the, um, the anti McCarthy says that they're not, they're not putting together a plan for where they would take Congress. They're just trying to bring McCarthy down. Let's go back, take some more calls. Angie, you're on 97 one FM talk.
8: Uh, yes. Hi. So, um, The brains of the outfit here is in the veteran Cemetery, so you're it. I want you to qualify or at least explain why. what did you mean when you said Scalise? um, I don't know your wording, but you didn't think Scalise was up for the task. I thought he'd
7: be
4: brilliant, but— I don't don't think
7: I said that about Steve Scalise. What I said about—I think Steve Scalise would be great. Mm -hmm. I I like him quite a bit. What I said is I don't see why the people voting against McCarthy would consider Steve Scalise— any different type of leader he's not going to do anything policy-wise different so the one member made the case that this is not about personalities about policy steve scalise isn't going to do anything different than kevin mccarthy would do it's just not
8: yeah i yeah i get it now i i do remember you
7: saying that yeah. i'm old so that's my only point on that i mean i'm all for someone new i really am definitely for someone new in the senate uh jim you're on ninety-seven one fm talk
4: good, good afternoon mark thanks for taking my call Mark, I'm gonna go back to what this lady said before and what you kind of said before. Steve's police would be no different than Kevin McCarthy. And I compare that to Ron Santos would not be much more different than Donald Trump. I think they want different window dressing. They want a different look. They want to have it fresh. I think that some of these Republicans want to separate themselves from Donald Trump and that this is the way to do it. Let's start fresh. Let's That'll help us push more toward Ron DeSantis to run in 2024. As you and I have said before, we don't care for Donald Trump, I think a yeah, lot. By,
7: by the way, Jim, th- this has been an interesting day, I think, an interesting 48 hours for Donald Trump because nobody's talking about Donald Trump. And he got involved in this and he told those 20 people who have supported him religiously over the last years to not vote for the opposition candidates to vote for McCarthy to coalesce around McCarthy. market. They don't care. It Matt is. Matt Gates actually said hashtag SAD. That's how he responded. Wow, I did not realize y- there's ladies and gentlemen, those of you who remain with President Trump in the cult, he's done. Okay? He and, and if there if there there is no better example than how he's done, he's got no influence here whatsoever. Zero. That tells me that is, a lot.
4: That is correct. And Mark, can I ask you one question off the subject real quick
7: well there might be a charge for that but go ahead
4: okay who's the worst evil writing at the post dispatch is it mcdermott or messenger i'll hang up and listen
7: to your answer oh no it's tony messenger there's no doubt about that that's an easy one easy tj you're on 97.1 fm talk
5: hi how's it going good all right so earlier you had uh uh, somebody on that would say that was like going over the Vote counts, and one of the uh, somebody voted present, and he mentioned that lowered the threshold that McCarthy needed. So, if there were, say, twenty people that were going to vote for McCarthy, just decided to vote present, wouldn't that lower that threshold enough to make it all stand out, irrelevant?
7: relevant? Uh that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that, because I, I I think that the the goal of that member was not to lower the threshold. It was to say we need to go back into conference and figure this out.
4: Yeah, I guess that kind of would backfire, because it does seem like a shady way of doing it, but... Right.
7: But, I mean, the rules of the... I'm not completely familiar with all the rules of the House and everything that they do, so there's all kinds... That's what's weird about this, just because there's always interesting competing theories about what might be in the works behind the scenes, and there doesn't seem to be that in this situation. J.R., you're on 97.1 FM Talk.
4: Hey, Mark. Hey, how are hey, you? A little bit off, Good. A little bit off the subject here. Uh, you know, I... I really thoroughly despise this, this person that occupies the White House right now after all that
7: he has done to thoroughly destroy this country and embarrass it. Yeah, but he played some good golf down in the Caribbean over the weekend, so you've got to give him that, right?
4: Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, after today, I, I think I've absolutely lost it. He has the gall and the nerve to say that, that the world is embarrassed that the Republicans are not able to oh, choose a leader. Right, of, yeah. Give me an effing break. Yeah, I
7: know. That's that's why I'd like to uh, dial back on some of this you know, hyperbole, because I think that the, the world is going to be fine. Republicans are going to be fine. In the end, they got to get their you-know-what together. But there's a lot of exaggeration on both sides going on right now. Yep, yep.
4: Hey, have a good one. All break. right,
7: take care. Thank you for the call. We'll take a break here. We have Susan L. Ward on the show this afternoon. Oh, yeah, I love her. In the next hour. Uh, new state senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, Scott Jennings, an audio cut of.
5: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
7: Day, and Dave Murray talking about the uh, bomb Ooh. cyclone in California. That and a whole lot more this afternoon on St. Louis's home for Conservative Talk 97.1 FM Talk. You know, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about DeMar Hamlin in the next hour when Alex and Hazer hear Sue from Y98. He is still in critical condition, but overnight doctors say they saw promising signs yep. of progress, so we're just hoping that he wakes up and He has a big smile on his face when he realizes that there's more than five million dollars in his charity. Unbelievable.
3: And did you hear uh, that uh, Tom Brady was uh, even threw money at that thing? I mean, all kinds of. Well, people. he can afford it. Well, he, he can't afford can it, but that's still it. a nice job. It is. It's a great. We gesture. all want to
7: do something. Yeah, it? absolutely, we do. I, I do have I have good behind the scenes ESPN nonsense on all that too. With uh, Skip Bayless and uh, Shannon Sharp got nasty today, so we'll get into that in the next hour. Uh, Susan o. Ward is with us this afternoon, a fine sponsor of the show, local family attorney. We thought we touched Yay. base before the holidays. We had some questions about pets in divorce cases, so we want to address this. Susan, Happy New Year. Yeah. How are you?
8: Thank you. I'm great. Happy New Year to you guys. And Sue Thomas knows how much pets are important to me, too.
7: Yes. Oh, my
3: gosh. We talk about this. This is a thing with us. And pets have really become family members over the last... I mean, always to me. But I think more people are headed that way. Wouldn't you agree?
8: I do. Very much so. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it's your expensive, purebred, fancy dog or if it's a stray rescue puppy. Um, They're all... You know, they are family members. And particularly... Couples without children, you know, it's, it's even harder because with couples that have children, you can even make the deal that the pets transfer with the kiddos. But if we're talking about people who don't have kids, then it is a fight over the pet who's a person but their property.
7: Wow. Right. I think it could get really complicated. Like if my wife decides to ditch me, which let's face it, eventually she will, it won't be too difficult because all of the animals I have to give the animals in good instinct credit here. They all like her better, Susan. <laughs> okay. So this one won't be too yeah. hard unfortunately for me. I do have one cat. My cat Coco kinda likes me for whatever reason, but the rest but I can see that this would be totally for some people this. very, very difficult.
8: It is. It's it is really hard and you know, you can't you can't just say, hey, why don't you go get, you know, get another dog, get another cat, get another somebody at the shelter. It, 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 of course, that would be lovely. But, you know, we have literally had to write custody plans, parenting plans for the dogs. Wow.
3: Um,
8: so it's not unheard of. It's expensive. Um, you know, and then we also have the challenges of if Even if someone is, uh, if a couple is sharing a dog or a cat or, or you know, other pet. Then you are starting the argument about financial responsibility because oh, we can't yeah. let those, right. those little oh, animals of and ours stuff. go without shots yep. and what if they break a leg or what if they have cancer and are we gonna agree on what we're gonna oh, spend on the dog medically or the cat or the bird, you know. And so it does become complicated if everybody, you know, doesn't kind of each take their own pet so that they make the sole decisions on financial issues. Wow.
7: You know, I, I was in a tough position with my divorce 20 years ago. I had my bulldog. I think I told you this. Yeah, so I had a purebred bulldog. This is a bulldog, sad story. Newt, and he, um, I had to move into an apartment. I couldn't have the dog in the apartment. So uh, I gave him up to a bulldog rescue. And <laughs> he found a good home. But that was that sucked. You know, it was tough. Mm-hmm. exactly wait exactly. Susan are
3: you saying that people do custody like I will take you know Fido on the weekends every other weekends and he's with me Tuesday Thursday for that kind of deal <laughs>
8: right they do Wow. They do. It's, it's you know it's not I'm not gonna tell you that's something we're doing every week right. or every month but, but it's a thing we do have cases. Yeah. it is a thing it wow. is a thing and so you know just like you guys both said wow you know, when I was talking about the vet, you know, there's it's the obligation and the, it's the rights and the responsibilities sure. that become become
3: part of that deal. I would totally fight for my dogs, Mark.
7: Oh, I think, I think I can understand how people would have custody sharing of the animals, and that would be a very, very difficult aspect. Hey, we are told, by the way, and Sue mentioned this right before we were during the break, that January accounts for the most divorce filings of any month of the year.
8: Oh, I, well, I don't know about that, but we are busy. The phone has been ringing off the hook this week.
7: My poor assistant is uh, is fielding calls. <laughs> oh, well, right? Fred mentioned that, and I, I think he had that backed up by something. But, Sue, your theory I think the theory holds here, right? You said, Yeah,
3: I think that people would want, okay, you fight over the holidays, and you think, well, I just can't take it anymore, but I'm not going to get divorced and start the process on December 25th. We'll just wait for January.
8: Correct, correct. And then people start uh, planning to get their tax refunds if they're going to file really fast. Oh, yeah. And that's your retainer fee money. And a lot of people, you know, are going to just make it through the holidays, even if it is barely civil, because it's the holidays. Whether right or wrong, you know, nobody's going to start all that unrest and who's doing what during the holidays. So there's there's a lot of delay from Halloween on And then there's a big there's a big influx in January. Like I said, I came in yesterday morning and my because we were closed Monday and my assistant was just in the 10 minutes I was standing in front of her desk was just answering calls left and right. Wow.
7: Wow. Uh, All Mark Reardon show listeners, of course, uh, we should mention that. Hey, uh, (laughs) Susan L. Ward is our guest here this afternoon. Uh, That is interesting. But I you know, the one question I would have is we are coming up here on the anniversary, I guess, three years, believe it or not, for the pandemic. And we've talked, Susan, about how that just, you know, junked up the courts. And there's still I think the last time we spoke a few months ago, there's still delays. Would you rate the the rate of divorces in the cases? Are they on the rise in the aftermath of the pandemic? Or is it still kind of tough to tell?
8: Oh, I no. I think that we definitely saw an influx of cases, particularly in 2021. I mean, and I can tell you financially, if I just look at if I look at my books for 2021, um, you know, it's not like the pandemic hurt the divorce or the paternity business. Right. And it's it's unfortunate. But, I, you know, the pandemic just forced so many issues by everyone being in the same space. You know, we all don't. Most people are conflict avoidant. And so if you're traveling for business or if you um, are busy with your kids going to school and, you know, somebody's going to work or you're doing two different jobs, you know, that's conflict avoidant for a very long time. And then the pandemic put us all together. And I think I I know for a fact statistically that that in our business, at least that really forced people to make decisions about what they want to do post pandemic, how they want to live the rest of their life.
3: Hand. Okay, I have a question, Susan. I, I have a friend of mine who is, was divorced several years ago, but part of the problem that she had was when do I pull the trigger? In other words, they had talked about it. You know, women tend to stew about this stuff and think about it for a long time. And once she had decided, all right, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and do it, she waited even after that. Is there a good time to call? When do you call a lawyer? At some point, she thought, uh, what if he gets to one first? I mean, what is the process if somebody is thinking about it?
8: OK, that, that is a great question, because the answer to when is the right time to call a lawyer is the first time you start thinking about being divorced or being separated or leaving the other parent of your child call a lawyer whether it's me or anybody else you need a consult because there are so many factors that go into the right time or the best time I mean everybody would say well what you know it's never a good time that's not true because depending on your financial position your work position your children's ages um, there are so many factors where if you will just call a lawyer if you are really getting serious in your head that there's a problem um, they can help you with the the pitfalls if you if you leave at a particular time or, the, or how things could be really good for you if you leave at a particular time, at least all relatively. Yeah. But if you don't ask that question and you don't seek that advice, whether you get a free phone consult, you know, like at my office, or if you get an in-office consult where you're paying for an hour of time, it is invaluable to help you, you know, make the decision to do something or to do nothing.
7: Right. Okay, yeah. but enough of this call me or somebody else. That's somebody else stuff. That's not part of the equation. Call Susan, but we appreciate you coming on here this you afternoon. Call me. Yes, and stlfamilylaw.com. Susan, take care of those pets. We will talk soon. Thanks for jumping in here with us this afternoon. Happy New Year.
8: All right, you guys too. Bye-bye.
7: Thanks. Bye. Take care. We got Sue's News coming up here in um, just a couple of minutes. Hayes and Alex, we haven't visited with them for several weeks because of the holiday. I still have – we're coming up on a period here on the 15th, for those of you who signed up for Spain, where I think the payments are due. We have. I talked to Mike Kenny last week. We have a few spots left on the Spain trip, and I'd love to fill it up. So for those of you – as you get into 2023 and you're thinking about travel, if you don't have your travel plan, we, we're going to have a fantastic time. We leave on April 23rd. Mike Kenny with Defined Destinations put a spectacular trip together. We fly from St. Louis on Lufthansa to Germany and then over to Madrid for three nights. High-speed train to Barcelona. Um, I have to mention again, like I had lunch with David Young from the sound room about a month ago and I was telling him about this trip he said Barcelona is by far my favorite city in Europe and I've never been to Barcelona it's I've been awesome. all around Spain Sue's been there she says it's fantastic so a couple of ways to find out information on the trip defineddestinations.com. you can look at my Twitter page at the top at, at Mark Reardon KFTK you'll see um, the link that'll take you right there to define destinations it's a fabulous trip the pricing is Is absolutely right. We got a great group of people. We got a few more spots. We'd love you to jump on board here with us and head to Spain this year in April.
0: Get more at 971talk.com. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.